Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And this is a, a super s- extra spooky episode. Ooh. These uh, ghosts uh, are not actually secretly uh, holograms, like in uh, Rescue Bots. No, we have ghosts and imposters. Yes. As the name would suggest. Yes, released on the spooky day of August 29th, 2015. It's getting a little spooky. And uh, written by John Loy, who previously wrote the spooky episode, Even Robots Have Nightmares. The, the one, one with was... uh, Tom Kenny, evil, dream-eating robot bat. Oh, I want a oh. toy of him so badly. You know, yes. now that the third-party people are getting to the point where they're making, like, Armada Optimus, who I really... I've, I've mentioned on this show before how annoyed I get when things are referred to as Armadas that are not Armadas. Uh, the third party Armada Optimus Prime is called Naval Commander. <laughs> Does he have a boat? No, he doesn't have a boat. But it's Armada, so he's Naval Commander. They really need to jump on making, like, if Iron Factory just made those little legend scale of the characters from Robots in Disguise that did not get toys, yeah. like, I would buy all of them. They would have one sale of each of them. Probably more than that. I, I think some of our friends would probably have to pick those up too. Yes. But yeah. Too many yeah. too many things not getting toys. So John Loy has an has a writing resume going like back to the eighties, wrote for GoBots. Oh uh, man. Yeah. Wrote for wrote for uh the Go uh, the Bots. tail end of the Super Go Friends. Oh. <gasps> uh, the- Cyborg, my favorite. The, I really uh, liked voice Cyborg. Voice by Ernie Hudson. I really liked Cyborg on Super Friends. Like, I remember as, like, the one thing I remember caring about about Super Friends as a child was this sad robot man. <laughs> and, I and love sad of, robot men. A bunch of totally insane uh, movie tie-in cartoons. Like the Ooh. Bill and Ted cartoon. Oh, yeah. man. I forgot that existed. The Back to the Future cartoon and the Problem Child cartoon. What? I... <laughs> yes, there was a Problem Child cartoon, and yes, Gilbert Gottfried was in it. <laughs> Not only was he in it, he sang the theme song. I mean, he was... Was that before or after Aladdin? And he was in the what? Aladdin cartoon, right? Yes, he was. Same time. They they didn't recast 1993, Yano. 94. So yeah, that was... I could see that being one of those things where you get into it and then you're like, this is actually kind of fun. I'm going to do other animation projects. And, and you know, it's uh, it's also not a lot of work. No. no and uh, I've I, I listened to enough of his books. podcast that uh, Gilbert Gottfried is definitely a guy who doesn't want to do a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. And he, he's also written several what I believe are several dozen uh, Land Before Time direct-to-video sequels. Wow. Oh. Speaking of sad things from the 80s. Oh. Mm. Yeah, there's like sad things. Have, seen of them or something? Mm-hmm. As, a, as a random thing that popped into my head, now I'm wondering if there was any crossover between uh, Transformers writers and uh, the ELF cartoon writers. <laughs> Ooh, that is a good question. Why am I like this? <laughs> ah, so yeah, we uh, we open with Russell and Denny. They have had a camping trip, and it has gone terribly. Aww. You gotta, like, obsessively watch the weather, like I do. I, as, as, a, as a brief aside on the subject of weather, we had a huge snowstorm here the other day, and my coworkers were like, I didn't even know it was gonna snow. And I'm like, I have like three weather apps. I follow half a dozen local <laughs> weather feeds. I have a favorite local meteorologist. <laughs> like, this is this is why you have to be watching the weather because otherwise you go camping and you get rained on. But they don't seem to be too down about it. So no, good for well, them. well, I mean, they were they should have been fine because they had a waterproof tent. Yeah. <laughs> 
which has so many holes in it and metal rods sticking out of it. It's just sort of this lump. It's just crumpled into a little wet ball. <laughs> yeah. I I will say, as someone who likes to likes outdoor gear, uh, while they do appear to be wearing just their normal like model sheet outfits. Camping and, and hiking gear basically always assumes you're going to fall into a river at some point. <laughs> so I'm I'm sure they'll be dried out in like five minutes. And also this may this may explain why they were not in last week's episode. They were camping. There you go. That's a good point. I didn't even notice they were gone and now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on in that episode. There was. There was a giant bee. And you had two voice act guests, so. Yes. Two special guest characters. That's right. Two of them. Both of them were ladies. Yeah, and that's why these guests, that's why one of the guest Decepticons just had to make, uh, like, cat noises. Yes. (laughs) Meow. Oh, right. Who voiced the cat, anyway? Nobody. It was just a bunch of cat noises. Oh. I mean, somebody. Or was it, like, literally, like, just... Stock sound, sound effect, effect. Cat. yeah, like stock cat noises. Oh wow, I didn't because even he wasn't listed that. in the credits. Oh, poor guy, poor kitty, poor. Scratch. I mean, possibly at some point when those were first recorded, it was Frank Welker. Well, yeah, <laughs> just making lion roars into a garbage can. Yep, like you do. Special they, guest uh, Frank Welker stock sounds. <laughs> yes. I remember for the Lion King, they like went to the zoo to record lion roars, but they did oh, not man. sound as good. As Frank Welker run into a garbage can. This is at yeah. least the third time that fact has come up on this show, and I love it every time. <laughs> There's a uh, go a find lot the video of, of that. It's it was or it was on YouTube anyway. Speaking as I did in last episode about things I found uh, for a dime on VHS, uh, there was a bunch at, that I remember hearing at the time about the Dolby work on Twister, uh, and how like normal tornadoes did not sound impressive enough and they had to mix in all of these like lion sounds and trains and and all of this stuff oh yeah that movie yeah. is ridiculous it is so ridiculous i had a tornado like in 1996 97 so around when that movie was like go over my house it didn't touch down for another block or so but it like and i heard it and it just sounded like a really long rumble of thunder it did not sound like this ridiculous mixed up tiger roar freight train nonsense it's not what it sounds like and then they had people on the news who were my neighbors who were like oh it sounded like in twister and i was like shut up you're all terrible And, uh, but it, was it also being pursued by a good team of meteorologists and also an evil team of meteorologists? <laughs> Man, I wish. Carrie Elwes, evil meteorologist. It was around rush hour in the DC metro area. Nobody was chasing anything anywhere. Everybody was just sitting there. <laughs> Love to see that. Just stuck in traffic. So yeah, they're uh, so they're heading in to get dry, and the Autobots are thinking, "Hey, you know, we went to all sorts of great vacations when we were on Cybertron. You know, uh, strong arm members going to the Sonic Canyons. Uh, Sideswipe talks about going to the Manganese Mountains, and Grimlock very nostalgically remembers the acid wastes. <laughs> and they're like, "What? They're very nice sunsets." And, you know, so. Bumblebee, hey, you know, you know, well, hey, what about Earth? Earth has, you know, canyons and mountains. Does it have acid wastes? Well, no, I guess. <laughs> I want more stories of Autobots being excited about Earth. Well, it's Bumblebee. He's very excited about Earth, and he's going, he's determined to take them on a nice vacation. He just doesn't get to do it enough. No, you know, hey, listen, we, there haven't been any Decepticons around lately. Let's go on vacation. Yes. And but he makes a terrible, terrible mistake. <laughs> he doesn't actually decide where he's going to go. He tells Fixit, "Surprise me." The yeah, the that, map uh... on Fixit's display is Africa. Yes. I don't know if there are any actual active volcanoes in Africa, but I guess there must be because Fixit um, found one. 
Yeah, well, well, Fix It doesn't know that either, as it turns out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they end up going straight into an enormously erupting volcano. Speaking of '90s disaster movies. Which is not full of dark energon, however. No, just full of the regular molten lava kind. <laughs> yes. it's, a, it's, it's a regular Dante's Peak. Yes. It is not volcano because it is not coming up under Los Angeles. It's no, just I, a volcano I mean, that's already you, there. You cannot see uh, the, the husband from Fargo melting. <laughs> Man, I saw that in the theater. Der- Amer- America's oh-so-brief love affair with putting Anne Hesh in movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, remember, it did send a a, a fantastic movie about, uh, or a fantastic message about racial equality. Because, hey, it turns out that when people are all covered in, in like, gray volcanic ash, they're all the same color. Uh. <laughs> Doesn't that mean something? Actually, I saw both of those in the theater, but oh, I, wow. I waited to the dollar theater to see Dante's Peak, and oh, then you, it you was had... like my parents were going to see it when I got home one evening, and I was like, "Okay, I'll tag along." Well, you you had volcano mania. <laughs> yeah, I I was all about. I love all of those ridiculous disaster movies. I love uh, disaster I'm... movies so much. You know, I think I think Dante's Peak may be the superior disaster movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a deep impact Armageddon scenario where one of them is big and stupid, but fun. And the other one has a lot more thought put into it. Yeah. Although also, in that case, I think uh, I'm, I think I'm, on, I think I'm on team Armageddon in that one, even though it is incredibly stupid. <laughs> I can, however, it did result in one of my favorite um, filmmaking anecdotes. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you know the whole gist of the thing is that they have to, like, drill into an asteroid. Yes. So they, they decide to get a bunch of oil drillers and teach them to be astronauts. Which is much point, easier than <laughs> teaching sure. astronauts to be oil drillers. Well, that was Ben Affleck's question to Michael Bay on set, and Michael Bay told him to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> The 90s. Anyway, so so they they are not uh, melt, and uh, they they radio into Fix It, and Fix It is very surprised by the fact that it's active. Yeah, wasn't active on his chart. So instead, he's going to send them to a backup location in the western United States. He said they, he thought they'd like someplace warm. Yes. So yeah, it, and it looks very much like they're in Monument Valley, so I think they're about to encounter the cast of Age of Extinction. I I thought that it looked like they were just going to run into, he was going to go visit the old base from Prime. Yeah, it, it's very much. It, it felt it like a really, recycled background. It really feels like they're outside of Jasper. Yes. Yeah. But no, in fact, they're outside of the actual ghost town of Edmondville, unlike Jasper, Ooh. which is basically a ghost town. <laughs> yeah. It's just a ghost town for budgetary purposes. This yeah, is yes. actually a ghost town. I think we see more diverse human models in this one episode <laughs> than in all of Prime. Man, remember yes. when they spent money on Transformers shows? Uh. Uh. And, and Bumbley has big dad taking his unenthusiastic kids on vacation vibes here. He Ooh, does. Yeah. It's great. He, because, man, if there's if there's one thing on Earth that Bumblebee likes, as we have established in an earlier episode, it is cowboys. Yes. And if there's I, one thing like on Earth that Fix It loves, it is apparently lizards. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh yeah, he goes so this odd digression about all the local reptiles and skinks and and he says that the rainfall is slightly less than zero the, yes. the annual yes. rainfall is slightly less than zero and yes. then he starts talking about the diversity of lizards in the area and just goes listing them off and he's so excited so Should many lizards him he's a good little dude I guess they've got to leave somebody behind to run the ground bridge if it's not going to be Russell and Denny. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so the, so they go in, and nobody is entirely sure what a ghost is. <laughs> well, Grimlock has an idea. He he has yes. seen the the based upon realism horror films. Yes, he's very watching, realistic. Uh, they are invisible and mean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and of course the mini cons are very frightened because they have no idea what what ghosts are and. You know, it says that you know this town was once the, the hub of activity. You know, there were, you know prospectors and gunfighters, and uh, you know you had saloons and sheriffs, and you know some 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 vestige of those people may remain, even though they're all long dead. <gasps> but Smoky. no, the, the mini cons are not afraid. They're they're just considering a tactical retreat. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, I yeah, like to, Drift to going boo at them. And, um, <laughs> and then Slipstream jump. jumps into Jestorm's arms like he's Scooby-Doo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so good. So, uh, and uh, uh, at this point, uh, Strongarm requests permission to remain here and count the moments until departure. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Strongarm. <sighs> She's not even trying. Oh, no. So yeah, they uh, they look around, but unfortunately, somebody else is coming. And at first, I thought it was going to be like a tour bus based Decepticon. <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh, that amazing. I, I like his deal would be that he's like a terrible tour, so he's only like stomping the stuff that he's supposed to be looking at, and he's like leaving graffiti everywhere, kind of like yes. uh, kind of like uh, run amok and runabout in that one yes. episode oh. of the comic, one issue of the comic. If if like the bus split in half and it became those two guys. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> or I guess it could turn into like a guy who's like a, a dog based because he's like a greyhound. Oh no. That would be fitting for the series. Uh but no, it's just full of people and specifically a tour group led by uh special guest voice Kath Susie. I love her. I love this tour guide. <laughs> she wants to die. She does. The great delivery of being so tired of this. Here is the far. Here is the sheriff's office. Here is that. Ghosts are said to exist here. Oh, look, there's the train at night. You can hear the whistle. Ooh. Yes, she's telling these ghost stories about it that are absolute bullshit, and she knows it. Yeah. And at one she's point. She's done hundreds of times. Best part. She, she says something about, like, it being completely abandoned. And she goes, or is it? <laughs> so good and uh, that is Kath Susie previous uh, you know her from previous Transformers roles uh, like uh, she's Professor Princess on Animated yes and uh, she's Professor Anna Baranova on Rescue Bots yes oh, yeah. and in our previous Patreon episodes she was Kitty Pride and Pride of the X-Men that's right she's uh, she's Janine on the real Ghostbusters yes oh. Uh, she, you know, she's on, you know, Tiny Toon Adventures, Rugrats, uh, Futurama. She's the uh, Captain kid's, Planet. She's the kid sister in Superhuman, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, who you never That's actually right. see, who exists only as a disembodied voice. She's a, she's a real Carlton Your Doorman. Yes. <laughs> yes. If we have any sixty-year-old listeners, I get that, that reference. I, I, I got it's, it. It's, it's from Rhoda. I'll go ask my dad. Uh, voiced by Lorenzo Music, best known as Garfield. <gasps> oh! Yes! So it just sounds like they're talking to Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> or Peter Venkman. Or Peter uh, Venkman, also on uh, Real Ghostbusters with Kath Susie. Yes. Oh, man. It is Lorenzo awesome. Music. Anyway, yeah, she, is, she is nailing this role as uh, this tour guide who welcomes the sweet embrace of death. She's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Although apparently not so much, because the Autobots start uh, faking a, a ghost stuff. Yeah, Strongarm's doing the train whistle. She's doing the train whistle, and yeah, she is terrified and insists that tour guides get to evacuate first. That's the rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. She and uh, so so they 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 run they run them off. And uh, but Bumblebee is not—he's uh, not okay because there is something that is indeed haunting this city. 
Yes, it's Drift in a Giant White Sheet. I yes, love Drift in the Giant White Sheet. So good. It, it's not something that I would expect Drift to be into, but I guess he is all about, you know, stealth. He's trying. <laughs> He's trying. Just being bad at stealth is the entire thing. It would have been it would have been adorable if the minicons were doing that. But that is Drift doing it like that's like the funniest thing he's done so far, or the most interesting thing he's done so far? I had to find a very large sheet. Yes, on short notice. Are, are sheet ghosts also a thing in Japan? Yes, but no. Okay. Traditionally, no, but because of decades of cartoons, yes. yes so, okay. like Christmas. Yeah. Yes. Well, well, although although Christmas in Japan is very weird because um, it's more focused on KFC and Colonel Sanders in Japan, <laughs> and of course, annual Gift Man, a robot who lives on the moon. Yes, <laughs> so that's from a Simpsons episode. Yes, and yeah, there is a big weird uh, bug-looking guy hanging around. Mm. I'm not exactly sure what kind of bug he's supposed to be, but he's weird-looking. Yeah, a we scary don't see it one. much. It, it's we, like, we do get a one good look at him right at the end. He has four legs? I, I think he's got... He has, does he have four legs? A thorax? Well, oh, he's... But he doesn't have a face. That's the weirdest part. He's creepy. Part. Well, he has like a weird, like, fox face. It's flat, and there's just eyes, and... It's... It's like they weren't finished designing the guy for this episode, and they just had to slap things together, kind of. I mean, he, I mean, I don't... He's like a new... Uh, design. I think he's maybe supposed to look like a rove beetle, uh, some kind of beetle. He's creepy. Look him up. They, he, or, or like a devil's coach horse. A what? It's a devil's coach horse. It's a kind of beetle. Okay. Uh, also known as the devil's footman, the or the devil's steed. Oh wow! Yeah, that that's pretty much what he looks like. Which that looks like an earwig only. Creepier. That's spooky. Well, it doesn't have the pinchers at the back. I do not like it. No, this is all spooky. He is spooky. It, it looks well, like it. it looks like it should come from green hell. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, in fact, I think they found they, they're found in Britain. A Decepticon who never gets uh, a toy. Alas, yes, yeah, R.I.P. Well, he, he doesn't. He kind of doesn't have an alt mode. He's just a big bug guy. Yeah, yeah. His his alt mode is the gimmick of the episode. Yes. So yeah, so they all have to split up and look for um, spookums. Yes, and also at, at one point, uh, who is it says this? That sideswipe says that it's quiet, too quiet. <laughs> and drift is all no. A location cannot be too quiet. It is either quiet or it is not. Okay, maybe that's the best thing. Aw, Drift. <laughs> Just harassing on that cliched line that annoys me. Maybe they should leave the menacing presence alone. Hmm. Like, just a suggestion, maybe they should, like, leave. Well, it could be a Decepticon, though. I mean, yes, I guess it could be a Decepticon, which, as it turns I, it, out, it is. There, there's a contrast to this episode, like, it's in Old West Town, it's high noon, the lighting is very bright, but you're also doing a ghost story, should it should be at dusk. Yes. Well, I guess then we couldn't end it with the sunset, though. Well, yes, there, there is that. It, it's, like, the ghost story is at odds with the rest of the episode. Thematically, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, all sorts of spooky stuff starts happening to them, uh, Strongarm and the, uh, the Minicons get locked into the vault at the bank. Uh, Bumblebee and Grimlock have a chandelier fall on them. Yes. No, or sorry, Drift and Sideswipe have a chandelier almost fall yes. on them. Bumblebee and Grimlock can confront with like a giant wagon full of dynamite. Yeah, that's so weird. Like, is that that may be the first thing that starts? Like, is this just a wagon rolling towards them, which maybe was a commercial break or something? Yes. But then it cuts to everybody else doing whatever they're having, and then we cut back, and the wagon is still rolling at them. Like two minutes later, and then Grimlock punches it, and and cartoon soot explosion. <laughs> of course, you realize this means war. But like it, it 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 cuts to a distance shot for the explosion, and it's like that should have leveled the entire town. <laughs> yeah, this this town is made is like held together with like century old nails and spit. Yeah, yeah this this is an old. It, it looks like a movie set ghost town. <laughs> That yeah, it isn't I, even a one crossroad town. It's just one single road. 
Yeah, I'm pretty of, sure Brad Pitt is about to find the Manson family living here. <laughs> it's it's the Spawn Ranch. <laughs> uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, that's one of those ones that maybe I'll see it one of these days. I'm not in a rush to see it. I thought it just reminded me of uh, Back to the Future 3. <laughs> Shot in the back over a matter of $80. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, oh, God, that fireworks wagon is just so weird. Like, Was that the, dynamite just sitting around? Yeah, why was there so much dynamite in this ghost town? Maybe yeah. somebody was doing something. Look, admittedly, there was a mine, but it's like an entire wagon full. All the fuses lit. Like Wiley Coyote cartoon level of ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, but but at least the fireworks factory came to them. Yes, had some excitement in this slower paced episode. Yeah, and we we, we get some uh, we get some Decepticon O vision here, and he is mysteriously scanning all of them. So they regroup, and uh, you know everybody's there, uh, including Drift, and also Drift. <gasps> dun dun dun. <laughs> Too many drifts, too many drifts. Well, I guess it's time to have a race. One drift is too many, but... <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, they, they, they contact uh, Fixit, who says that he is now officially ending his career as a travel agent. <laughs> and he's determined that the, the guy that they're facing off is a guy named Pseudo. Which, eh, not a bad Decepticon name. Oh, that's my favorite Phil Collins song. Su-su-su-do. Oh. Su-su-su-do. Uh, He's the bot that's on my mind. All the time. Favorite character from Scud the Disposable Assassin. Uh, and he is a shifter, which you'll remember we encountered way back in one of the first episodes of Transformers Prime. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, that guy makeshift. Oh, <gasps> Yeah. Who was the fake Wheeljack for an episode. Mm. And then was killed off and never seen again. Well, he's dead. Yep. I didn't I didn't catch that that was a, a callback. Yeah, kind of continuity. Blessed That's right. continuity. So what we've got here, it is a... We've not had one of these in Transformers possibly ever. It's a straight-up shapeshifter episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've just had, like, doubles. I... Mm. Yeah. At least fake Optimus Prime couldn't also turn into other people. Yeah, we've yes. had copy episodes. And even right, like, there's double, here. like, you know, we got double Dinobot, we've got a Prime yeah. problem. And the aforementioned uh, Wheeljack episode, I can't remember what it was called. Mm. Uh, but he was only Wheeljack. Yeah. He Whereas didn't this guy, it, do the very, very cool this stuff this guy ends up doing. Yeah, wow. No, it actually, it is really weird that that never happened in G1, because that was such a of-the-era 80s cartoon plot that was recycled in many series. Yes, well, in fact, I've been going through the Fox Spider-Man series uh, on Disney+, and there's a chameleon episode that is very much like the last act of this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm. Where he's just turning from guy to guy. I mean, yeah, there's entire characters who this exists for, and like you know, Zartan or oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Morph. The least realistic, mm. the most weird, unconvincing thing about the the early Fox X Men cartoon is the idea that anyone cares about Morph. <laughs> well, <laughs> because he was, he's like a weird creep on that, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, like, even before he's, like, being brainwashed by Mr. Sinister, he's just, like, annoying. Yes. <laughs> and then Wolverine is really upset about him dying, and I'm like, really, though? Yeah, I'm not really buying weird. it. It's like they transferred the, the Wolverine and Nightcrawler relationship to Wolverine and Morph, and it doesn't work. No, because yes. Morph is not likable. <laughs> he's just not. Anyway. Yeah, so Pseudo was Cybertron's sneakiest spy, and he sold Cybertronian secrets to off-world enemies, not even the Decepticons. <gasps> He's, like, selling stuff to, I guess, the Quintessons? Yeah, we haven't really oh. established other alien yeah, no, races have, that, in this series. No. Except in, like, I maybe the novels do well, that? 
you know, like the, yeah. There's well, I think the quintessons are definitely in the novels. The the closest and we've gotten that it has been in the series is corpses in Arachnid's ship. Yes. Uh, eventually, weirdly enough, we're going to get an, an alien race on rescue bots. Ooh. Okay. Of all the series to introduce into this continuity. Of all the series. I don't think we ever see any in Robots in Disguise. That's... And we didn't see any in Prime. I mean, it makes sense in Prime, but this series is one where we're like, you should encounter an alien at some point. Like, you have, like, beast monster Decepticons all over the Mm -hmm. place. An alien would fit in fine. Yeah, so, so yeah, there are two drifts, and it turns out that only one of them has minicons. Yeah. Yeah, he yes. picks the guy where it's the most obvious way to tell which one's right. I really like yeah. that when the second one is called upon to deploy his minicons, he just, like, transforms in GTFOs. Yeah, he knows. He's just so. like, nope. Yep. He's, He's now just... heading to that spooky abandoned mine. I, I think they should have had a race, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just really love that. G1 was so yeah, ridiculous sometimes. Mm-hmm. By sometimes, I mean literally 100% of the time. <laughs> so yeah, they split up. There's a fork. Uh, Bumblebee finds strong arm where there should be no strong arm. He gets punched in the face. <laughs> As you do. Then he turns into Bumblebee, knocks into Sideswipe, and now he's Grimlock. Yes, it and it looks really good. It's just very fluid. Oh yeah, but the more fan like, I, I, I love the effect on that. It's, it's nice. Great. Yeah, it, like he does limb by limb. It's surprisingly fluid for doing it while running. Yes. I don't know why I'm yeah. just in a very salty about Earthrise mood tonight, <laughs> but I'm just sitting here like, meanwhile, other shows can't even have them transform to vehicle mode on screen. Okay. Wait, that would be too much effort. That doesn't happen. It happens with Prime in that first episode. I it very rarely happens. Otherwise. I'm trying to remember it's like the three episodes like of the two series I've seen. I it's extremely rare. I think. Some, yes. Wow. I think but, normally yeah. if Just they Prime, even have a vehicle mode model like Red Alert does, oh, yeah. they transform off screen or the Tetra Jets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I don't think like uh, like all the 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 zillion cog model guys. I don't think they transform at all. Yeah, oh, that I. I mean, I mean, God. I mean, they turn into guns. Weapons check. They have vehicle <laughs> mode. Getting through the weapons checkpoint, <laughs> he just turns into guns. But they were just sand blasters. Guys are just like, now you're fine. It's so dumb. Sorry. <laughs> Appearances can be more than meets the eye. <laughs> uh, uh. Okay. So instead of having the Grimlocks have a race, they, they need to ask him something that only Grimlock would know. Ooh. So they're all, hey, Grimlock. Grimlock. Both Grimlocks are very nervous about this, too, which is adorable. <laughs> yes. He's like, ask him something only Grimlock would know. I can Uh-oh. see Uh-oh. actual Uh-oh. Grimlock being like... I'm not sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, it turns out the question is, what's so great about the acid wastes? And obviously, uh, Pseudo's like, why, the, why, why, why do you ever go to the acid wastes? Terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> he thought it was a trick question. It's like, uh, that's okay. Yeah. So then he turns into Sideswipe. He escapes. And now and he gets out of there and he turns into the steam engine. Oh yeah, well, there, there's a point, is it after the Grimlock or before that, where like, he's sort of mid-transformation of like four different characters, and it's like, oh, he, he doesn't want to be humans, he wants to be us, or something. I was kind of hoping we'd get like an end of Terminator 2 yeah, thing something. here, where like he's turning into all the guys that he Yeah, they, they almost do that in that one scene, but then he just, he just mm-hmm. runs away. Yes. But yeah, cut to train so- chase. Yeah, so he blocks the canyon, and it is time for a mini ball special, Silvarich. Oh, but before, like, it's something that I don't think has happened before, but it's my favorite thing Grimlock has done in this episode. <laughs> Maybe not so far. That he Hulk jumps around the desert? Yes. Yeah, he, he's not trying to run, he is just Hulk yeah, jumping. Explicitly. The big green guy doing big green jumps. It's great. Yes. And I guess the thing is, because they're, like, in the middle of nowhere, he doesn't have to worry about 
you know, creating seismic disturbances. Yeah. Uh, and we lost Jen. Shit. Uh-oh. I thought I heard a blink and, and she's not there. Oh, dear. Okay, well, we will go on hold for the time being. Okay, where are we? Uh, train thing, uh, minicons. Yeah, so he, uh, he, he's, it turns out the Autobots, they need to catch a train. <laughs> Is it a super train? A money train? Uh, no, it, it, it does not, in fact, contain a bunch of, uh, 70s TV guest stars. Mm. Aww. Like, like the, the NBC Misfire Super Train. It was supposed to be like the love boat, but on a train. Yeah. <laughs> and the train like... was super? It, it was like new, it was like a, a like a mile long nuclear powered train. Is it atomic train? Yeah, they had a weird model kit thing. It was something. I realized that atomic train was a different thing. Yes, it is a nuclear powered bullet train. Uh, it has such luxuries as swimming pools, shopping centers, a gym, library, medical center, center, and a discotheque. Like, Love Boat on Land is not the worst idea for a series. But you know what Atomic Train had? A train that was atomic? It had Blue Man Kuma. Ooh. Which means it was filmed in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And like Rob Lowe, I think. Ooh. But most importantly, Blue Man Kuma. Oh, oh uh, part, one of the the last gasps of the Golden Age of miniseries. So an accidental uh, nuclear explosion destroying the city of Denver. Yes. Uh, it also featured Sex and the City's Kristen Davis. Uh, NYPD Blue's Esai Morales. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also... Uh, Oh, and, uh, American Beauty's Mina Suvari? Oh. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this episode, they are trying to catch the train. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's collapsed a bunch of uh, rocks on the track so they can't follow. So instead. Does this count as, as an alt mode? I mean, I guess. Because it is a vehicle mode. And I guess he can just take any alt mode. Yeah, he can be. He can have all the vehicle modes. It would be very hard to make a toy of him. Yeah, I guess. Although I would, I would accept a toy that is just like a, an old timey train that turns into this weird robot bug. Yes, mm. I am on board with that. So yeah, they 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 do the Grimlock does the the mini ball special bub <laughs> to the the two mini cons. They do not care for it, and in fact, they don't hit him. They just hit the track. And then that causes a derailment. Yes. So now they, uh, so now they arrest him. And, uh, the Autobots, and we do finally get a good look at his weird bug mode, and I do like how weird and buggy he is. Yeah, he's freaky. This show yeah. does, like, bug animation very well, I think. Yeah. Yeah! Like, there's a certain insectile element to it that I think is really only well done in, uh, there's one very brief shot in Transformers the movie where I think it's Kickback is outside Autobot City and they're like raising that bridge. Oh, yeah. And like one of his insect legs kind of sticks a little too long to the one side. Yes. Yeah. And I watched I mean, that and I definitely like, okay, so whoever animated that is like an insect enthusiast. Yes, whoever animated <laughs> that has seen some bugs. Which is not surprising because Japan loves the, loves them some bugs. Yes. There have been quite a few uh, aimed at children to sell toys series with lots of bugs in them. Yeah, I mean, even Pokemon is like bug collecting the show. Yeah. Yes. Right. Anyway. So yeah, they so the and the Autobots have to admit that you know maybe Earth isn't so bad after all because there's this really beautiful sunset. And uh, Stronger admits that you know Earth does have a lot of uh, a lot of new rules to learn. <laughs> I love her so much. Yeah. And, you know, and Grimlock, uh, you know, he likes, uh, oh, and I forgot to mention that his cat phobia comes up a couple times in this episode. Yes. Because Bumblebee is all, hey, can you, like, huck those minicons at Pseudo? And he's, uh, does a cat have whiskers that shoot lightning? (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Oh, the lightning! Yeah, that's my last note of the episode. Grimlock. Grimlock, no. Grimlock, settle down. Which, like, 
A, where would he have gotten that idea? B, if you have ever had extra fuzzy socks and a cat and touched them in the middle of the night and shocked the shit out of them and they were angry for an hour. Yes. Yeah. Static uh, and kittens don't mix. Uh, and yeah, and Grimlock's talking about all the things that he loves on Earth, like movies, except he doesn't like movies about ghosts or cats or ghost cats. <laughs> that has Which, to uh, be no. like a Disney, like a 70s or 80s Disney thing about a ghost cat. I mean, there's definitely the three lives of Thomasina. Yeah. See? Which is about a cat who is like, like dies and is resurrected after like a weird journey into the cat afterlife. Is she the Jellicle and, uh, choice? Well, it is, it is of personal importance to me because it is a movie my mother has related to me many times. She saw in the theater, but had to be dragged out sobbing because <laughs> the cat had died. <laughs> How old was she? Uh, like seven. Aww. <laughs> Don't well, think- possibly he was watching foreign films and he saw Kuro Neko. Is that about a ghost cat? Or, oh, maybe he was watching House. That is like ghost cats, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the big ghost cat, yeah. Oh, I love that movie way too much. So, so then he also wouldn't like, like, I don't know, pianos or uh, whatever. Yes. Afraid of pianos, clocks, watermelons. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is it, bed sheets? It's hard being a giant robot dinosaur. Things are scary. Baths, hair. But mostly cats who can close doors, because only a witch cat can do that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure the, the the sight of a cat closing a door would terrify Grimlock beyond comprehension. My cats have absolutely closed doors before. Intentionally? Uh, I don't know. They've I've I've come home and found like one of them shut into the bedroom, but I assume that, like, oh, over the one course cat of the door on the second one, yeah, I, I assume that's over the course of playing. Somebody slammed yeah. into a door too hard. I don't know if that any of them have closed the door intending to close the door. <laughs> yeah, my my dog accidentally locked himself in the kitchen the other day. So yeah, fix it. He's opened up the ground bridge, and he wonders, you know, why they aren't coming through. And also, he wants to know if they brought him any lizards. <laughs> they should have brought him a lizard. Oh, he would love a pet lizard. He needs a pet lizard. And oh, and I guess I forgot to mention that Pseudo does have a few lines, and he's voiced by Eric Bauza, who is also Drift's voice actor. Yes. He's, he's got a very, like, kind of hissing bad guy voice. Our special guest is actually just the tour guide. Yes. Well, and and I was about to say, you know, this is an episode that could have been very basic, but there's a lot along the around the edges that really livens it up a little. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the, the tour guide stuff is very funny. The volcano bit is good. Uh, fix its obsession with lizards. <laughs> yeah. The, the details are kind of better than, than the basic, like the thing they're copying us episode, mm-hmm. which is kind of weak. That's only, that's only like a third of the episode. Yeah, and I, and I I like that he's a weird like rove beetle guy. Yeah. Yes, I feel like the Decepticons definitely had some kind of like weird science unit going on. Like I feel like he and maybe Vertebrake and some others were like working under Shockwave or something. Uh, no, I think the weird science unit is actually where uh, like Shockwave and Soundwave like. Uh, tried to create a woman with their computers. Yes. Oh. yes. Do, 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 do. Weird science. Do, do, do. <laughs> and that's where Windblade came from. Except right. she was actually on Earth for a thousand years. For some reason. She, she's no Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> I, I just had to get a little Oingo Boingo in there. I am always in favor of working in some Oingo Boingo. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that I, last episode I resisted the urge to do the uh, acapella version of the baseline from Primus's My Name is Mud. So <laughs> A plus to me there. Uh you couldn't see, but I was actually drinking a, a delicious can of pork soda. <laughs> what? But um but bum but bum I guess I don't know anything about Primus. That's, uh, I know they exist. That's one of their albums, which I most remember because that's a, that's an incredibly gross, uh, mental image. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to the Bloodhound gang. 
<laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that is it for this episode. Uh, I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Is yes. it a clip episode? No, I mean... Okay. Hooray! Yes, last episode could have been the very last episode. Forced clips, but uh, this week on Kiki Sendai, Go Go 5! Awaken the two destruction gods! Oh, destructive gods. Um, what are we doing this episode? So last episode was the end of the series, but not really, because there's... Grand Witch Grandine blew up, but it turns out that, like her energy she became an energy being and it just sort of set her free and now she's this giant cloud of evil surrounding the entire planet okay so there's that so, oh so she's so she's like galactus from that fantastic four sequel no yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. stupid ultimate galactus lightning down look out andre brower that was not a good one anyway. Uh, anyway carry on um, random scene cut to a doctor speaking English, talking to a nurse about, oh, a, a woman who fell into a coma eight years ago just woke up. Oh, shit, the mom is actually alive. She's, uh, but what about that episode where she was a ghost and leading her children out of hell? What? So, wait, yeah, so you know. they thought she was dead, but she was really in a coma? Yes. So she had what we, what we in the business call Duke Syndrome. <laughs> kind of, well, because there was a plane crash that supposedly she was in, and then just missing, and now she wakes up out of a coma. Did everybody else who's on that plane wake up in a coma, or are they all dead? What is, raises too many questions and issues and things, and that one will not be addressed next episode, and really aren't this episode, because we just have that scene at the beginning, and later a scene where we, we cut from the middle of action where a giant fight is happening to a woman picking up a phone and calling their their house where they live, but nobody's home because everyone's out fighting giant monsters. So that's... Uh, anyway, that's... The mom is alive shit that was obvious long ago and it's kind of annoying. Anyway, um... What are we talking? Oh, the, the, the Rangers at the beginning of the episode are talking about like, Dad, you sh- you should we should talk about like family and what's going on since we're done fighting the alien monsters. What 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 about Mom? Did you, when you left ten years ago to start working on your giant robot project? Did you inform a mother? No. Fuck. <laughs> and Mondo. Oh, he's like the worst. <laughs> like admit he he built a giant robot to save the planet from aliens he knew were coming but out of context like it's a crazy person who left his family without telling him shit to build robots because aliens are coming <laughs> anyway um kyoko hey oscar's voice actress is back again for a Yay! small cameo she's on a space shuttle above the earth like, they aren't detecting any of the ne- minus particles or whatever the shit that they were, the Simon family were collecting on mm. Earth anymore, but she's like, there's a giant cloud with a face in space. It's not good. <laughs> you got problems down there. That's a bad sign. Hello. Yes, yeah, so that's nice. Um, where were we? It's random stuff. Oh, this episode is so much stock footage. Like, they're using Every bit of stock footage of the various vehicles combining and transporting and putting out fires and everything throughout this entire episode. Like, maybe a fifth to a quarter of this episode by volume is stock footage of robot parts. Oh, I was hoping it was just like stock footage of like trains and, uh, you know, (laughs) hot dog manufacturing. No, some of the vehicles are trains, but it's the model kit trains, not like random trains. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, Grand Cloud Mom Grandine resurrects Salamandines, her youngest son, to go beat up the Rangers, and also resurrects Zilfies, who died last episode, protecting his brother and stuff. But now he, like, is mindless for most of the episode until the Rangers are talking to him later. It's like, don't you remember your brother who died last episode when you died too? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he confronts Salamandines, who was just ordering him around because he was a mindless zombie violence screaming and not talking. I came came back wrong, he did. Sometimes dead is better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, because he has slight black repaint, like his eyes used to be red, but they're black in this episode. But Salamandides just stabs him, and and then they both die or something. But the Grand Witch is like, 
Oh, fuck it. I'll make you both giant. You're giant terror monsters. One he was a dragon now. The other one has a weird monster arm. You're going to destroy the city. Yay. <laughs> but, uh, where, where the heck is my brain here? Oh, but somehow Kyoko got from a space shuttle in space to down on the Earth and into their base to help them coordinate stuff really quickly. Eh. Oh, it, it, there's a side plot about um rescuing children in a trapped building that is uninteresting, really. It's a distraction to keep some of the rangers separated so they're not all at the final battle at the same time. Although it's not the final battle because there's one more episode. But it's, there's lots of little things going on in this episode that, that's like separating everybody and causing chaos and, and continued in the final battle is the text at the end of the episode. Oh. So it's like, like last episode was kind of a final episode, but it's like, oh no, we got two more. Which <laughs> Oops. Is, in a way, in a way it's kind of nice because like, a lot of Sentai shows, like, it's a lot of rambling and meandering story. And then the last few episodes, oh, plot happens. <laughs> serious plot, we're getting to the epilogue. But this, it, like, it ends the series and then just keeps going by having more. Kind of neat, but weird. Hmm. It's just like, oh, the, the series could have ended two episodes ago, but let's keep doing more. <sighs> okay. Clip episodes. Yes. <laughs> no, no clip episodes. Clip episodes, they have at New Year's. That's tradition. Oh. That's an important tradition to have. We already passed that, um, like, eight weeks ago or so. Right. All right. So that does it for this episode. But we will be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. Uh, in fact, it is the first part of the two-part season finale. Ooh. Another two-parter? What? Another two-parter. Aw, oh, man, I'm up. all the dudes coming back. That's man, right. Steeljaw's group needs a lady. They do. I don't know if do they, they ever, ever get, get one? one. I mean, eventually they oh. I was thinking about that with, like, all these Decepticons that we get who never show up again. And all the female yeah. ones just are ones who never show up again. Eventually, I think he's. I think Steeljaw hooks up with the Decepticon Island crew in the next season. Yeah, and that includes <laughs> Glowstrike, who is an yeah. evil, who's a villainous ladybug, I believe. Oh, yeah, but it's okay. Weird that none of them in the pack. I vaguely remember that now. Well, maybe they're all gay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Maybe they're all dudes who are into dudes, and that's just how they roll. Listen, we're just dudes being dudes. Yes. Well, under underbite is into himself. If he had been a lady, he's definitely one of those like ridiculous weightlifty gay guys who's just super obsessed with looking like a Tom of Finland poster. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I not a lot of gay guys in the mafia, so I don't know about Thunderhoof. Yeah, I mean, they probably are. They're just quiet about it. Well, I suppose that's true. But he's not quiet about anything. No, he's not. Anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing the crew back. The pack. That's right. The pack is back, Jack. (laughs) Oh, so we're watching an episode of Gargoyles? Oh, that's right. They also had the pack. Yeah, that, animal-themed guys who were named the pack. They had a lady, though. That it's first nice. episode with them was, like, the episode that was always on whenever I caught it during the first season. For for oh, me, right. the episode that was always on was the one where they come back as cyborgs. Oh. Oh, I can't even remember which Well, I think a couple of them are cyborgs, and then, like, one guy gets turned into, a, like, a wolf guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Australian Jim Cummings is all like, eh, how about you just give me, like, a laser gun or something? <laughs> yeah, and, and they have a cyber, uh, robot coyote. That's right. I, I vaguely recall. I, th- I assume that Xanatos is involved somehow because, of course, he is. It's got to be. That's well, what he does. I, I think Coyote was like a robot copy of Xanatos or yeah. something. I mean, everything in that show, he is somehow involved, and in, even if it makes literally no sense. Yes. Yes. Like uh, and and no matter how badly it goes, he's all ah yes, it was all part of my sexy Jonathan Frakes plan, including all the did. like fairy stuff. 
Mm. Listen, you just have to admit, you, you didn't actually plan any of this. You're just kind of making this all up as you go along. <laughs> what? Ah, it seems that uh, way. So or, much that... or am I? Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> He's so good at bullshitting that, yes, he would say half the shit is his plan. <laughs> but also, he has Puck as a butler. So Puck may be arranging a lot of shit. This is entirely I mean, possible. It's pretty good. It's pretty good flex. Uh, I did that on purpose. Yes, sir, you did. <laughs> With a lot of my help. All right. So uh, until next time, of course, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for February, uh, we are journeying to the far-off future of 2021 uh, to watch Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, will I be able to find a VHS copy of it in time? We'll find out. Ooh. I may have to just slum it and watch it on <laughs> normal. Something you don't rewind. Yeah, boring. <laughs> Something that didn't even exist back at then. But uh, but yeah, so that should be exciting. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to that and all of our back catalog of monthly specials. Uh, we did Earthrise last month uh, <laughs> because appearances can be more than meets the eye. Uh, we've done an epic Transformers the movie episode. Uh, we did Inhumanoids last Halloween because I needed an excuse to start watching Inhumanoids and I still have not stopped. Uh, I am, I am now unbearable. I'm just absolutely, I'll just on my Twitter account, I just start going on about gag oil with little to no provocation. Uh, like for no so. reason, all of, all of her tweets start with meanwhile in the core. <laughs> Even when they're not it's about Inhumanoids. Oh, nowhere. I'm just going to change my, uh, my name to that on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, those, those are a lot of fun. Uh, and if you join our Patreon, you can get access to all of those. All right. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I need a lot of tea. My throat's dead. I'm David. Appearances can be more than meets the eye. <laughs> They literally cannot. But, uh, here, which of you didn't remember... Uh, Avengers United They Stand. I gotta pull up the intro here. Is that the one, the it's... intro with like the giant tentacle robot thingies? No, that's Earth Mighty's Heroes, which is good. Okay, then I don't know which one you're, what you're talking about. Because I remember the intro it's for the that one... and I saw, oh, she isn't even in the Zencaster. Oh, fuck. Oh. oh, dear. I'm sure she'll be back. I believe somebody hit uh, the uh, cart, the superhero cartoon intro button on their Casio, on their Casio keyboard. Why? Why are you calm today, boo? Normally, when uh, yeah, I yeah, check it... out this cast of B-listers and their terrible costumes. Oh, that that um, Taurus guy looks horrible. Oh, wow, I do not remember this cartoon at all. And I, I like the idea that they're whispering because they're ashamed that, of this cartoon. Yeah. Avengers! Oh, that Hawkeye design is worse than any other Hawkeye design I've ever seen! That's amazing! <laughs> These costumes are all what? awful! I mean, except, I mean, I guess Tigris isn't terrible because That's... it's pretty much just a, a less... Uh, yeah, Tigris is uh, okay. A Visions? Eh... Vision's okay. They they didn't screw up the vision too much. And Wonder Man is basically just wearing Wonder Man wears. That's a I don't like that Ant Man. Well, no, the, the Wonder the Ant Man is horrible. The Wonder Man is. And, and yeah, they all had like power up armor. Right? Okay, I can hear you again.
Uh, let's see. Okay, okay yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, Bad Adventures cartoon. It still yeah, says I'm in the Zencaster and my lines are wiggling. Okay, well, you're back. Check it again. says recording in okay. progress. Did, did, hmm. Hopefully it all worked. Yeah, we're just... Or this, or, or this is going to be janky. It's, which is... It's been a while since we've had janky. Well, this is why we've got the backup, so it yeah. looks like you'll just have to use the Zenk. I mean, we'll have... I have my audacity up till it started freezing, uh, but okay. we'll just have to use Zencaster for the rest. 